0: This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubaček and with me today, as always, is Steve Cockrum. Steve, say hello to
1: our friends across the globe. I oh, will. I was beginning to get a bit worried then. You've been a bit unfaithful and that I was, I was only one of your podcast pals. So it's good to know that it is truly yeah. us.
0: Yeah, I, there's another group, the Liberators podcast that I do with other people. I've got an Austrian guy that I work with who's just amazing. But um,
1: they haven't... hey, speaking
0: of um, faithfulness, and uh, you know, uh, I don't know why this is faithfulness, but you are in D.C. I am, and I'm in D. I was in D.C. this week. We saw each other. but You've been there working. I was there schmoozing, having fun. Um, while you were there working, which is great. Um, which is our normal pattern of <laughs> I meet people and then put you to work. Uh right. what what in the world were you doing in DC? I mean, I know you know you were there. Let's, let's talk about some highlights, some things you experienced, and wow. maybe show off. You have the chance to totally brag and name drop <laughs> and whatever you want to do. You, you can
1: do it. You, know, you mean I, I practice being a connector, if only for five minutes? So that's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm about to boomerang
0: on you and start talking about what I did, but keep going.
1: Go on. I won't be long. So you, you had dinner with the vice president, apparently, according to Facebook and every other social media platform you have.
0: Not dinner. <laughs> no. No, not oh, okay. dinner. I was, in, I was in a movie with the vice president. Kelly and I were in the movie wow. with the vice president and his wife, and we, he was, we were in this row, and he was watching the movie, yeah. and he was literally... Right behind <laughs> us, that so I could have thrown popcorn on him. Mm-hmm. There was no popcorn, and I wouldn't have done that. But how about you? So uh, what do you get? What do you get to do the next time you go to, to you come to
1: Washington D.C.? Well, well, most of it's classified, Jeremy. I'm not really allowed to speak about it. But um, if I say that on my next visit, I, I'm going to have lunch at the White House, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And I think that's probably enough. I don't need to say much more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I do. I'm gonna boomerang back because I got to uh, talk to our, uh, an old friend, mm-hmm. and when I say talk, it was like have a few sentence conversations with. Mm. But with Ben Carson, who ran for president, who was uh, uh, he's our HUD secretary, yep. and uh, then I got to hear him speak, and he was unbelievable. So good, just so humble. Yeah. So it's just it I, was a was it was a reminder there. when you get. I
1: was. Oh, I, hello! You there. I, I, was, I, I was in the VIP booth, and you were down below, but you probably couldn't uh, see me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was in the orchestra bit looking up. But wasn't he just an amazing,
1: inspirational speaker? Truly, truly I mean, he spoke on compassion, and I, I thought when he said that he starts his day and he ends his day every day reading Proverbs, and um, just that need for wisdom and the need to steward leadership and responsibility well, and just. Hearing story of where he come from and where he went, it was it was hugely moving. It inspired me. I got up and did my sort of morning walk around um, Washington, which I was staying near the White House, and then just a walk to Capitol Hill and back to the, um, the the monument and then back home again. And I listened to the whole of Proverbs um, on my two hour walk. So Ben Carson, Doctor Carson, inspired me. I'm not sure I'll necessarily do it every day, but he he was amazing. And the the other thing, I mean, I had a whole number of meetings. I, it was really quite fun. We have one of our giants, Maria Lomai, who was the the commander who who ran the inauguration for um, Mr. Trump. And um, we did some work with her and her team, and she's now doing some giant stuff with us. And I met a whole load of her friends um, on the Hill. Um, We did a breakfast in the Florida House, which overlooked what was there. And I met, let's just say, um, I met a lady called Colleen, who is a nurturer, ESFP, who's been approved by our Senate for the work she does. And i don't think i'd ever met um, a nurturer in washington who was actually leading at that level and we talked a lot about how difficult it was in a world which is full of combat adversarial um, and just realizing that the role she played it was just a real privilege to be able to sort of spend some time with her and um, then then probably the main purpose for coming was the um. Am I, have my name dropped enough yet so far? That's kind of. A...
0: Yeah, you got a lot. We got to get on. We gotta <laughs> well, keep got to. I've got one more
1: thing. It was the main reason I came to Washington. So, so one of our largest clients, and this will tie in later. We we've been working with them on developing really an enterprise solution for their whole organization of thirty five thousand employees worldwide, and uh, I came to be the, one of the speakers at their HRs annual summit here in in Washington, and did two and a half hours for about six hundred people. Um, on the power of voices and basically how we transform team communication as the foundation, really, of changing um, performance in teams and being able to do that across the world. So, you know, it's really quite fun to think we're going to be doing this in Australia and every other place. So that was, I think, quite a big big moment for us as Giant, to be able to go, hey, we're now working as an enterprise solution for a 35,000-employee organization. So there you go. That's That's about as far as it goes. I could go on, but that's enough, I'm sure.
0: Absolutely, no it's just fun I mean I think that's part of what we try to do in the world as um, giants is we're trying to liberate people and liberation uh it really is the topic of the day it's really the idea of what does transformation and multiplication look like mm-hmm. so uh, we're gonna that's the topic for all of you four million listeners transformation and multiplication so um to transform someone i mean, I'm not going to give you the webster's dictionary but i I would say if if we can work with someone who looks completely different after a period of time, after a process, when their wife and their kids, I remember, I remember a person that, uh, you and I got to influence. You did a leader intensive with an engineer in Scotland. And then I had some personal time talking with him on life and to to, you and I tag team together. I had the privilege of being in his home and his, um, his daughter and his wife come up to us and they said, what did you do with our dad? Or my husband? What did you do with him? He's a different person. Like we think aliens, aliens took him. I mean, he's that different in the way that he communicates, the way he talks. So that was transformation. And you and I get the privilege, and all of the giants who do this for a living, we get the privilege of seeing that and experiencing it. But to to talk about it for a moment, to go let's let's discuss the topic of what is transformation. So Steve, if you're talking, let's just say one of our Uh, podcast listeners was asking you and they're calling in Steve tell me the definition what do you think transformation looks like from your perspective how would you answer that to them
1: I would probably being truly contrarian explain to them what it's not first I think that basically too much of of leader development coaching you know events have really been I would say that events as same as books can be hugely inspirational massively motivational Um, informational, but rarely transformational. Because however spectacular an event is, it it very rarely, if ever, leads to lasting transformational change. Because in some ways, we all have patterns and habits that are ingrained in in who we are as leaders. So sometimes we can be inspired to think things will be different. But I would actually say that transformational change is defined when that behavior the new behavior, the new thought pattern has become your default pattern of the way you act as a leader. And, you know, whether you've read Power of Habit or the other things that go with that, I don't think we ever see that happen at a significant level inside a three to six month window. And if we're probably honest, it's probably closer to 12 months, because it's really hard to undo patterns of behavior, particularly when it comes to Our belief that transformation has to happen at the core of who a leader is. Because we just, a lot of people come to our stuff with, you know, sort of pens and paper and they try and jot down lots of great stuff and go, this is going to be great for my team or, you know, this is going to be great for my organization. And I think time and again we say to people, guys, if you just assume it's for your team or your organization, um, it may have some impact, but it's very, very rare that it will truly be transformational over the extended period of time because transformation has to happen at the core of who you are first in order, basically, for it to be able to go um, to the other places. I think that's why, you know, we we have so many stories of where when real transformation happens in the life of a leader, the first place they see it is in themselves and the next place is usually in their family and close friends and then their team, then their organization, then their community. Influence transformation always goes out. What would you add?
0: (laughs) So the... the idea that, no, it's exactly right. So, uh, and you know, you and I both been a part of massive organizations that have been inspirational and, and transformational at times for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but then transformation, we've also seen a seminar or just a book or that infamous thought of butts and seats, sell them a book. I mean, like the, that's not transformation per se. Transformation that we've experienced is actually when there's something that gets restored, like, uh could be healing. It could be someone actually restoring a relationship. Or they actually see what, what they look like on the other side of themselves and get so uh, unnerved by it and want to actually change. So their transformation is actually for them changing from what they have normally due to something different. Mm. Like Steve was saying that, that, like you're saying that action, that changing that pattern leads to a different action and different reactions. Mm. So it could be in the restoration of relationships, transformation can happen in taking things out of your life when you're like, oh my goodness, I've been yelling. I've been dominating my, um, my, my tendencies of body language, my tone, my tact, my discretion, my discipline, my whatever it is. You go i'm so tired of living this way i'm I'm finished with it, mm-hmm. and then the last part is um really just calling something up in you so it's it's not just the taking away and oh I wish I was a, it's actually living in transformation is you living into that new person and that new self um today, I spoke at a roofing contractor's uh business, and I was talking to this one guy that I knew, and he literally was um a different person. And he talked about the journey and the process he's been on and how much influence we've had in his life Mm. in that process. And he really saw an issue in his life and he decided to tackle it and he made a significant change. And so it's, it's committing to something and going for it and being transformed um, in a different way. So transformation, uh, usually um, I mean, you you can see it in people who lose a lot of weight and people go, Oh my goodness, do you see the transformation in them? I mean, you can see it. The hard part with what we work on is oftentimes you can't see it because a person still they're going to wear the same clothes, they're going to act but then you'll you'll notice it like with the comments of like did you notice Joe? <laughs> like he's kind of different. Like what what's happened? Uh he's smiling. <laughs>
1: Yeah, or I think, I mean, that's why, Jeremy, I think the, the, the support challenge matrix is so powerful in our world. As in some ways, it, it goes to the core of the, the vision of raising up liberators because you can actually check. I think that's, you know, we're, we're writing the book at the moment, and I've been gathering lots of stories of people talking about, you know, the journey that they've made from protector, from dominator, from abdicator, even to trying to be that liberator in, in people's lives. And I think. I think the thing is there is always evidence of transformation and the evidence is usually in the story, in the experience and it often, yep. um, you know, people can plot it. I mean, I know you've said so many times that that if you wonder what it's really like to be on the other side of you, teach them the support challenge matrix and ask them to plot you where they're experiencing you and and that's probably the, the biggest barometer we can actually give you if you really want to go, well, how much transformation has there been um, in my life as a leader in those different circles of influence? Well, go and ask. Um, it's not always easy when somebody tells you what you're really like to be on the other side of you. And if you, if you have big weapon systems that are deadly, you, you better be careful uh, what you ask for. But there, it is possible, and that is one of those frustrations that kind of, I always say that transformation is both a present reality and a future reality in that yeah, we're never, right. never going to, we can't stop being transformed because the, sadly, the moment we stop or we we give up on that commitment to be that liberated day by day, all of the old default patterns and behaviors come back. Because sadly, transformation happens because we're intentional. Um, The moment we become accidental, some of that transformation um, begins to fade. And I I just think that's the reason why this is so hard to do. You've often described it as Everest, I know.
0: So this you're saying it's present and future uh, so transformation is present and So there's, there's hope for you. Yes. I mean, that's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm joking. That's a joke. <laughs> I was trying <laughs> just being feisty. Okay. Okay. I know your weapons about to come out, your grenade launcher is about to come out, but don't let it keep Have discretion, discipline as we move on to multiplication. Um, so transformation is important. Um, and I, in fact, this weekend you and I are both at an event and then I was at this meeting, uh, we were at this this conference, and we had, I don't know, 400-something people there, and there, I don't know, 200-so companies that were there, and these were business leaders. They're all committed to transformation, and they had had all these experiences, but what we noticed was they didn't know how to multiply. They mm-hmm. hadn't scaled their companies. I'm, I'm generalizing here, but the majority had didn't have a successor, and they were all in their 70s, uh, a lot of them, late 60s, 70s, a lot of them hadn't focused on multiplication, And you could tell and you could hear it and you could see it. So uh, I think that's another thing. There's a large group of people in the world, and especially in the Western world, who have focused on transformation through self-help books and all those kinds of of different enterprises and different groups. But multiplication is a key because multiplication, when you're transformed, you have to give it away. If you don't give it away, it's almost like the the grape analogy. Uh, I've heard this for, for a long time. Until a, a grape, if you have a big, juicy, plump grape, it becomes a raisin. <laughs> but if you actually step on the grape, if you actually get all of that, it becomes wine. It actually becomes useful, and other people can can use it as a cheesy analogy. But point is, in multiplication, um, Steve, I think you're one, a master at multiplication. I've <laughs> learned so much from you. So talk through, if you're, again, someone's asking you, well, what does multiplication mean, Steve,
1: in, in the giant or liberator vernacular? So thank you. That was kind of you to say so. Um, I think the, the thing I'd say is this is there are a lot of people who can create transformational change, but I don't think I've met anybody or any organization that has actually begun with the end in mind where you and I, Jeremy, sat five years ago and said, if we're going to create transformation that lasts, what would it take in the design of that transformational experience that the people we served and the leaders we work with, that they would be equipped to take their own personal transformation and learning and truly give it away and multiply that into their relationships, into their families, their teams, their organizations, community. And I think that's when we realized that in order for that to happen, there had to be a huge simplification of the tools and the lenses that that people could use because that's almost such a barrier. It, it had to be tools like the Gears or the Voices or the Support Challenge Matrix or Provisional Plan Promise, all of those different tools that we've shared with people over the years. We basically say that everything we've created is visual, interactive, rapid practical application and an educated 13-year-old can understand it, teach it, and share it with their friends. So for me, I think that multiplication piece is so key because if you, don't, if you don't design the transformational experience for your people in an intentional way, it can be transformational, but they can't multiply. So I think that's, I'm probably fumbling towards it, but if you don't have the right tools, and also I would say is if you're not prepared to really work at digging out your unconscious competence, that the challenge for most leaders are they're too competent and they don't understand why, why what they do works or why others find it difficult. So you can't multiply unconscious competence. You have to actually do the work to understand why does what I do work? And you usually need other people to help you in that process. It's time consuming, it's laborious, it's costly. Um, no one's as good as you are for a very long period of time, it's often easier to do it yourself. So i say if you don't set out with multiplication as an intentional objective of success, it'll never happen by accident.
0: Uh, Today I got a a text from one of the um, leaders that I've been multiplying into for a number of years, and he was so fired up. He had a picture, and he was shown a picture of his desk, and he had this uh, Know Yourself, Lead Yourself, he had taken copies and made them bigger and had the core process, support challenge matrix, and five circles of influence all laid out. And he was just uh, said, I had one of the most transformational experiences of my life because I helped a person see what it was like to be on the other side of himself. And he was responsive and he responded. And what was beauty, beautiful about it is transformation and multiplication went hand in hand. He hmm. was he was multiplying what he's learned. He was freely given what, giving what he had learned in and for the purpose of transformation, in another person. And, uh, one of the best stories that I think we have at giant is, uh, one of our, uh, dear, dear friends. Um, uh, I'll say, I won't say names because of, but let's just call him John. John had a key person that worked for him and he multiplied, um, know yourself, lead yourself into this person and helped him through a big aha, showed him the broccoli in his teeth, moved on. This person talked to his wife, Talk. They used it as conversation point. They had a daughter uh, call her Melanie. Melanie was um, you know, a little bit sassy to the mom. The dad went to the mom, showed the tool, what it was like to be on the other side of her, and Melanie all of a sudden had the epiphany and saw her tendencies uh, and her patterns of rolling her eyes cause— uh, um, that action of rolling her eyes caused some real friction and the consequences, and the relationship wasn't good in the reality. So uh, what was so cool is she self-regulated. She actually made a change, and when she made that change, it led to this really cool transformational moment with mom—a uh, really restoration of the relationship between mom mm. and the daughter. Well, the cool part is then, then the, uh, the, this leader—the I don't know—a week later, he walks by his daughter's room, Melanie's room, and Melanie is teaching their little sister Tanya, who is eleven. Mm. The same tool about a different subject, and so the transferability the multiplication that 's why our stuff works and and I know that sounds cocky and confident, but we've been doing this for so long we know it works, it, but other people are telling us that over and over again, but the transformation happened in one leader who then multiplied it to another leader who multiplied it to wife, who multiplied it to the daughter, and the daughter multiplied it to the sister that is transformation multiplication. Hmm. That's when people are actually seeing it and making positive changes. And it's just such a small percentage of our population who want to be intentional like this. Yeah. And that's really what we're calling people up to be.
1: I love it, Jeremy. And you know, I, I think the thing I'd say to people listening to this and going, um, I, you know, I like the idea of that. The, the encouragement I'd say is this, is the, the cost of multiplication into the lives of your people around you is really hard. Anyone who tells you it's easy um, has never done it before. But what I would say is that the reward of intentional multiplication of your knowledge, skills, expertise into the lives of those around you and those you lead probably delivers a long-term return on investment that is way greater than pretty much anything um, that I've ever come across. So if we stand on the stage and we are, you know, which we do and we love doing it, I I love kind of showing off and the adulation of the crowd and when people say at the end of it that was awesome you're amazing I kind of go that was almost it's fleeting in its kind of encouragement what I know is when you've been transformational in an agent of that and multiplication with somebody who's doing something now they couldn't do before do you know they credit that to you for years in fact it almost they forget how hard it was and sometimes how much challenge you had to bring so I think that's kind of um, a good challenge for our listeners today, Jeremy, to go. Guys, it's one thing for you to experience personal transformation, but if you're someone who learns how to give that away and multiply into others to be what we would call, you know, a, a liberator who changes their leadership culture at home, in the team, in the organizations and the communities you live in, that is what the world is crying out for right now. But it's costly, um, and it takes a fair degree of humility. And a desire to learn and go through the the pain of getting it wrong at times. But there's probably no higher calling and there's no greater reward than to be known as someone who is able to bring transformation in people's lives, but also equip them to continue that modification. I feel like I'm preaching now, so forgive me, but I'm (laughs) I'm passionate about this stuff.
0: No, but you know, in the same way, um, a lot of this, it's like the podcast. People have to hear the information, mm. then they have to take it on and try it on. Mm. And that's what we hope you, you do, is you actually take what we're saying and try it on and practice it. That's why we're giving you the tools. Um, if you want, and this is a, a, a blatant plug, if you want Steve and I to come speak um, at any event or association or conference, or you want another giant because you might go, oh, I don't know if I can afford you guys. But we have other giants at different levels. Then uh, we have a, our own speakers bureau, really the giant speakers bureau, where we we serve uh, entities and companies and organizations uh, really in Europe and the U.S. primarily at this point. But uh, if you're interested in that, then uh, the gentleman's name is Nate Thierry. It's Nate.T-H-I-R-Y. It's Nate. I R Y at giantworldwide. com, and so if you're interested in any of that, in at least sparking the conversation, if you go, oh my goodness, I want this in our company or in our organization or church or what have you, then um, you know we're just a spark. We're trying to cast a different style and standard of leadership, and so we use all these tools that you're listening to. So for those of you who are really intrigued and go, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready to do something about it. Then there's all types of programs. You can go to giantworldwide.com for all of that. But our purpose and our goal is to instigate and to start a process of transformation and to train and teach people how to multiply themselves and multiply everything that they've learned. And it's just a, a more fun way to live. But to Steve's point, it's really, really hard and uh but the but the ramifications are amazing um we've been experiencing that over and over again so any last words from dc my friend before you jump on a plane tomorrow
1: uh no i well i always say no and then i have a final word you know me well by now i think there's something um it's really it's been really fun being in washington you realize that it has a completely different vibe to new york and other places um But there is just this sense that people are looking for leaders who actually will be fully aligned between who they are, what they say and what they do. I think there is a a groundswell of opinion that really is saying we we need uh, a new standard for those in leadership. And it's really interesting just talking to people how frustrated they are at times and just how much they wish there was that full alignment and that full integrity often between how people live and what they say and what they do in every circle of influence. So I think that the the, the Liberator message resonates deeply. And I think it's interesting how much it's resonated this week in a place where there is an awful lot of power. um, There are a lot of very, very um, strong-voiced people. that They've been really resonating with what it is we're saying and saying, we really need this and it's probably time so you're you 're saying that we sh- it 's okay to uh really maybe do our
0: Liberator bus our bus tour across America in time for the <laughs> next presidential election, so we can I have it by the way for all the listening. I have the vision for it i'm 'm excited about it I want many of you to join the campaign the liberator campaign but that's another time okay i'll wait (laughs)
1: there's nothing nothing like selling it to me live on a podcast jeremy so yes i think it's a wonderful idea let's process further (laughs) okay my friend
0: (laughs) so for all for all of those listening thank you and uh we just wish you the very best we're for you we're fighting for your highest possible good we ask that you do the same for those you lead take care see you next time cheers thanks so much for listening that concludes today's episode of the liberator podcast from giant worldwide you can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com